0: From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in practiced Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and
1: I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games.
0: In this episode, we talk with Annalena Ponte and Luisa Hutzmoser, I developer... did I say that right? <laughs> <laughs> you got almost, almost the title of the game. <laughs> Developers of all games to discuss machine learning and text adventures. I told you guys I'd screw it up.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, we, we've foregone take twos recently. So, we have, yeah. yeah. So no um, take two on this.
0: Total, yeah, so if everyone's ready, let's start. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Mark, please please don't dance during the intro. I almost didn't make it <laughs> through the first sentence. <laughs> Though in hindsight, maybe that would have been better. <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> okay, take a note. This uh, uh, distracts Ellen. Got it. Okay, all right. Add what have I list. done?
0: What have I done? I revealed my weaknesses.
1: All right. Well, let's, say, let's introduce our guests. Yes, welcome.
0: Hi. Hi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's us.
1: Yeah. So, um Ellen and Steven have met the both of you um, yes. at um, at GDC uh, in March. Uh, I haven't. So, tell me and our listeners by extension all about yourselves.
3: Uh, all right. Um I'm Ana Lina Ponte. Um, also called Al. Uh, the Al part of Luwel. Um <laughs> I am generally in charge of the code and also uh, co-in charge of the narration.
2: Yeah, and I'm uh, Lucia or Lou, the Lou part of L. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do the art. Um, I also did some of the code and, yeah, also the narration with L together.
4: Awesome. I, and I rem- if I remember correctly, y'all were, at least at the time, you you were students, uh Yes. working on this yep. game like this was your your senior project right yeah, yeah. okay
3: Or bachelor project yeah. bachelor
4: project yeah yeah um and i mean i was very impressed i hope you got an a <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we did we did, yeah. we, did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. we did i would, I would write a <laughs> hardly worded
4: letter if you didn't
5: <laughs> well that's great um can
4: you tell me about uh the, the game uh, uh i doesn't exist uh for our listeners sake
2: should i Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes, our game is a a modern text adventure. Um, we integrated a chatbot to the genre to make it more accessible for younger players as well as, I don't know, people that haven't, have never played the genre. Mm -hmm. And so you can type in words like walk to or go and you can just express yourself basically. And we also added some nice pixel art, um, to kind of, make it even more approachable because it's not just like a whole wall of text that you see mm-hmm. in the, like at the first glance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah.
4: that's, what, that's what, I, <laughs> w- what first struck me about the game initially was like how approachable this game was compared to other text adventure games. Like in, in other text adventure games, you tend to like, there is an understanding that both the developer and the player has to have in order to, for the player to get through the game. Like they have to be able to speak the language of the game um and the what's nice about um what it seems from 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 i doesn't exist in the machine learning aspect of it is that like the game just kind of takes allows the player to to participate without having to have that knowledge due to the fact that like it just learns what the player is trying to trying to do or trying to say uh what they mean based off of you know how they how they type um and then also like having um the visuals uh, display what is actually happening on the screen I think is mm-hmm. like very valuable in, in in making it apparent that this is what is happening, this is what's going on. Yeah. So I think that's that was very clever.
0: <laughs> it, it comes together. Really well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very charming. Well, and I, I know we have a bunch of questions about the machine learning specifically that you're using in the game, but um, I also want to ask a little bit more about how the rest of your GDC went, because we yeah. met at the, I think it was the European Games Showcase is where we initially started yeah. playing it, mm-hmm. and then um, You guys were also on the expo floor at the at the Swiss Games booth, I think. Um, Yeah, so we ran into you a couple times. um, But how did the rest of your conference go? Were you super tired when you got back? Stressful, tired, (laughs) she super tired. Oh gosh! Uh, I mean,
2: it was our first ever like going to an event with our game. Oh boy! And it was also first time America. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it was super nice. I mean, we've had so many, like, interesting, talented, nice people there.
0: So. Yeah. Including you. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> I fooled them. And, um, no, it was, yeah, for me, it was really shocking because I was hearing from, from lots of folks who were there, like, oh, this GDC seems kind of small. I'm like, there's so many people and there's so many booths and it's so big. What do you mean? But, um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it back okay and that, um and you had a good time overall. It, it was
3: it was really great because it just we never really were in a in a space like this with so many like game developers and just people who really care about games and and I mean we knew we made a cool game like we we like our game but the, being there and having all these people who who love games just really understand what we're trying to do and tell us like oh that's actually that's pretty cool that was just so validating and was just really really nice
0: yeah yeah for sure when we haven't talked about this specific part of game development in a while but you know like you're on your you're kind of on your own making stuff and then yeah or you're on your own with your team making stuff and it kind of create a little bubble around yourself and it's it's kind of scary it's always scary to go outside of your bubble whatever your bubble's about um but being able to take you know to take what you've created and go into a space where everyone's supportive like that is uh just super important and yeah glad that glad that it happened for people this year
4: so i wanted to ask i guess uh just starting out like what what is machine learning (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
4: i know the concept (laughs) yeah but i don't really know what it is
2: Um, <laughs> it's a machine and it works. I know learns. that's such a
3: big question. <laughs> it's it, you put stuff into the machine and then it gets smarter. <laughs>
1: um, well, my understanding in, and correct me because I think Stephen, you hit on a point which is that it's a broad term, yeah. but it's not a specific definition all the time. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's contextual a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is if you have like a, a function, you have inputs, you have outputs, but with machine learning, the logic changes yeah. by virtue of the continuous input. Got it. Like, I think that's the broadest definition, I suppose. Okay. And and I guess that demystifies a l- a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. But it also does not make it any more specific. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: I'm glad that you asked that too because I um I was I've been playing around with a little bit of machine learning because of um, work projects I've been doing on uh for my non podcast work. Um. And a lot of what I've been playing around with is like creature mobility because like there are lots of small demos you can go out there and i can link one of them into the in the show notes but like here link some shapes together and then your your little shape creature will learn how to run and how to run faster um and that feels really intuitive to me right because it's like the same way that a baby learns how to how to walk you know like okay here baby you <laughs> have legs and you have the desire to move around because you have this innate desire to explore your environment and to mimic the people around you so you will eventually, through trial and error, learn how to walk. But when it comes to something like language processing, which is what your game is built around, like it, whatever intuitive, intuitive idea of what machine learning is that was going on in my head completely breaks down. Like, how does that work? <laughs> how does it try again? How do you give it a goal? So that's kind of where, when, if I ask that question, like what is machine learning? I'm also asking like, what is machine learning around language? So it's got more specific question. I don't know. What's your um, take on it? But uh, what you actually said, it it
3: does work the same way. It's like you you give it some input, it tries to put it somewhere, uh and then if it's wrong, it's like, "Oh, okay. So that kind of stuff isn't this." Hmm. So in the future I will know that this kind of stuff isn't this. So maybe it's that and then <laughs> it tries to like find that kind of way. It it, it how it works in our thing is that it, uh, it has intents mm. and you say like, okay, it's like a bubble, a wrapper of of words sure. or sentences, meanings, intents, right? Um And then you say, okay, you have to start it out. It's like, okay, all of these sentences mean they want to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you like through like putting a lot of more stuff into it and, and telling it, okay, uh, if it didn't recognize it, you go like, that actually belongs to this intent, buddy. Please recognize it. Thank you. Um, and then just the more and more you do that, the more it just knows, it can designate what kind of intent that sentence or that word was. That's basically it.
1: That does clear things up quite a bit for me. <laughs>
4: Thank
2: you.
3: <laughs> I'm glad. The,
1: the, the, the pitch for your game is that this modern text adventure. And so but was that also the inspiration for using this technology? Was it like, "I want to make an adventure game. Okay, blah, blah yada, yada yada. But wait a minute, I want to make it more approachable. Let's use this tool." Or was it, I, like this language processing is interesting. Let's develop a use case for it. Uh, there's multiple paths to the same destination. I'm curious as to which path you guys took.
2: I think the funny thing is we kind of took both <laughs> because yeah. I really wanted to make a text adventure and L really wanted to use a chatbot and we just found each other. <laughs> so <laughs> it came both ways. That's yeah, funny. it really did. Yeah,
3: uh, Because, you know, it was a bachelor project. We also had to make a thesis out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then because, you know, we just wanted to make a game, but we had to write a thesis about <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, And then it just sort of the the whole thing, uh, our thesis was how do you modernize the text adventure genre? Mm -hmm. And that just sort of came out of us wanting to make a text adventure on one hand, but also use this new super cool AI technology. (laughs) That's just how the the topic came.
1: Yeah, it's curious because I I was just thinking about it as you were answering the question, like we kind of just took both paths. And I'm like, oh, that's so... Like, um, how lucky to, to be able to do? And I'm like, oh right, you're part of this program that get that it's an environment you were in which is conducive to that kind of mm. development. Um, it's uh, that's just unfamiliar to me, um, and so I, I, it took me a second to realize, oh right, that actually can happen when you're with other people and you're and you're motivated and in fact required to to, to move forward yes. towards the goal. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, so I, I, um, I mean, you're 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 through that now, and the game lives on. Um, can you describe how important that that environment was, say, compared to another, like a solo dev or a pair of of developers just coming up with the idea on their own?
3: Um, I think because because it's part of a bachelor. I, what I just said about the thesis, like it just makes you really think about why you're doing something. Yeah, mm. and it is a bit more of a quote-unquote academic approach to making a game. <laughs> um So it. I feel like it's very likely to come out of something like that with a game that is a little bit meta-textual or tries to really play with the genre itself. So I feel like without that, we would... I mean, well, we both like <laughs> weird meta games, so maybe yeah. it would have happened
2: anyway, but yeah. I think it but really question- helped. Yeah, you question yourself way more when you have to actually write like a full paragraph about what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you uh, I imagine at some point it you you reached a point where it's now you're just working on it. You'll you'll you, who cares what your motivations are outside of that, right? I, I imagine the work became its own self-motivating thing at a, at a certain point. Um, but yeah, to have that constant reminder of like this actually I have to justify this to an to, to, to to an instructor um it's pretty motivating did you find at all that that there was any uh, restrictions that you felt um uh, either like timeline or having to sort of in that in that 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 academic bubble um that you're now free of as you as you move past it or do you find yourself wanting more of that structure uh uh or missing it now that it's
2: gone i don't think i miss it <laughs> 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 no. um I don't know. I don't think I see any restraints really. Mm-hmm. No,
3: we weren't that restricted with our process. Actually, the, yeah. they kind of liked what we were doing from the beginning. So it wasn't, they just let us do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if everyone else in our class had the same experience, but we, we were, for us, it was pretty chill. It's really not that different <laughs> right now than, than yeah. it was back then, except that you don't have to like, call in with a mentor every two weeks right. <laughs> yeah you do it every day with each other <laughs>
1: yeah I imagine that speaks to the strength of your concept and the work that the two of you have done on it so far mm-hmm. um that, that that feels that way to you like that's that's a that's a pretty that's an interesting endorsement of like how good an idea it is
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and also that you guys must be a really strong team yeah. right? because it takes a lot takes a good teamwork to get a game as far as you've been able to get yours and, and into the future. Um and maybe that came through for your professors. Yeah.
1: And now that you don't to call in every two weeks, the fact that you don't feel it's that much different, that speaks to the strength of the yeah. two of you as a team as well.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I guess so. I can't complain. I have the best partner.
2: Uh-huh. Oh. That's not true. I have the best partner.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, I'm so sorry. No, that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> My heart can't take it. Uh, yes. uh, so I wanted, to, I wanted to ask. Okay, so, 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 with respect to, I, obviously, I've never worked with machine learning because I didn't fully understand what machine learning was until uh, a few minutes ago. Um, so I'm curious as to how what 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 the challenges were with working with you know with machine learning. Like, I guess, like when you programmed a thing, did you? Ex- I guess like in general, when you program a thing, you expect it to work one way and it doesn't work that way. And then you got to bug fix it. But like, was that more pronounced in this process you think, or, or not, or it was even easier because the computers are just too smart and we didn't expect that. Oh, it was know. definitely <laughs> not easier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I as much. Yeah.
3: No, no, definitely not easier. Um, hmm. Let me think for a second.
1: Well, I'll, I'll fill in the, the, as we wait for you to uh, answer Stephen's question, uh-huh. I'll maybe contextualize it a bit. Sure, Stephen, you're a design-first developer. Yes, yes, I am. But when you're working with some a specific tool that is unpredictable by nature, yeah, your design has to kind of move in progress with you, the, the the building of a tool. Yes, and that's not some that's not a workflow you're familiar with. Yeah, or that, or that interested in that makes
4: me uncomfortable because I remember you were talking about this thing. There was like another kind of machine learning thing that would like take the code you're trying to code, and it would like fill in the blanks for the code or something. Yeah, this like is that. a GitHub Copilot. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. And I was like, that seems ridiculous to me. <laughs> I don't know what this code does. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that yeah. makes me. Yeah, I guess it makes me uncomfortable. I'm in unfamiliar territory, I suppose, mm-hmm. with that. Mm. Um. So that makes sense. Uh, it, it
3: was it was definitely unfamiliar territory for me too because sure. I haven't worked with uh a chatbot, conversational AI, whatever you want to call it for, before. Mm-hmm. Um, I must say, though, I feel like on the programming side, it was just about as challenging as most things are that you've never done before.
4: Okay, yeah.
3: It's It was mostly challenging on the narrative side, I'd say. Oh, really? Because there's this thing where the player can just enter anything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. There's no restrictions. Mm -hmm. And then you have to make sure that everything gets an answer of some kind, even if it is, if, even if the answer is, I don't know what that is, but still that needs to be somewhere. And then especially if when the usage of our AI without spoiling uh, anything gets a little bit freer and it's not just commands, it's really hard because the player can enter anything anything right. and you need to have an answer for that and that's yeah. just really hard to anticipate and it's also really hard to write for that so i think that was actually the hardest part of using ai for this kind of game
4: it sounds like it influenced a lot of the narrative and the design of the game um as a result which makes sense i mean when you're using a new tool it should in- impact how you're what you're designing for mm-hmm. um uh can you can you speak a little bit more to that like wh- what other um without spoiling the narrative what other um um effects did did machine learning have on like the design of the game
2: i mean on the narrative side it had like very much of an impact like in the first the first uh i don't know the first draft that we made from the game was Mm -hmm. basically just the first act sure mm -hmm. right yeah like just text adventure normal just modernized Mm -hmm. that was the easy part (laughs) yeah that was the easy part basically but then we kind of got like to think that we could do so much with this chatbot basically Mm -hmm. that we kind of you know we tried to see what we can do with it and that kind of shaped the narrative and also like
0: yeah the mechanics basically cool
4: it inspired you that's that's really
0: cool yeah that it's a really great example of you know the creative process you create a thing you put it out in the world you get feedback from the world and from the thing that you made and it inspires you and gives you ideas for what you want to do with it yeah after you know next um yeah that's really interesting having played the game a little bit um and i think dale dale played a little bit more than i did but it's uh It's the idea of writing something like that is daunting when I think about it, right? Because like branch, I've done lots and lots and lots of branching narrative Mm -hmm. design and writing and things like that. And I know how difficult it can be to to branch things and make them connect. But when when the the words that branch, that like allow people to follow those different branches of the story can change, that's like this whole different level of challenge that I hope was fun to figure out (laughs) for yourself. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I I um, at at one point I got pretty frustrated with trying to come up because I had to like write both sides of the conversation and at some pi- at some point it got a bit um it got a bit much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that chaos uh, does appeal to me because mm. well Steven is a design first developer. I'm an everything first developer. <laughs> that's accurate <laughs> yeah. which is not mm. always productive, yeah. but it, that's the way I like to do it is like everything is connected to everything else mm-hmm. and and I want it to be connected As early as possible in the process, Mm -hmm. and so I'm 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 very that the way you are sort of influenced where the tool you have constrains and inspires the narrative you're doing, and the narrative you're doing constrains and inspires the work you'll be doing to build out the chatbot. Like that is. It sounds like a ton of fun <laughs> to put
2: together,
1: like in spite of the frustrations.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. And it's like the one thing we like to do most is that everything is really tied together, that the yeah, narrative, yeah. the mechanic, and everything else uh, just really makes one whole thing and everything influences each other. We really, really like it when games do that. So we try to do that as well.
1: Yeah. And it comes through because I know that after the European showcase, Ellen, Stephen, Dale, all of you came back and told me this is one of the best examples of a marriage of of narrative design and systems, <laughs> yeah. which is something that really oh, we all cute. do aim for. Yeah. But it's it is a, a very apparent uh, in this project, and yeah. it's 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 something a lot of experienced developers chase, and so it's very cool to have that uh, at the core concept and that it is expressed mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm.
0: That is very nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I think uh, there was one thing that you just mentioned, Mark. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask about just coming back to narrative design for a second. Um, and without asking too many specifics about the story, I'm curious if you guys used any um, existing or if you created any of your own like narrative design tools, um, like Chat Mapper or something like that to help keep track of where you wanted the story to go um or how did, or are you just in general like how the heck did you keep track of it <laughs> did you use an excel spreadsheet or notebooks and sticky notes on the wall i mean for the first part we i i designed the first part basically
2: um i just used post its yeah my yeah. wall is like it was plastered
4: yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> i really like having this uh kind of analog thing well doing game design right mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm. Yeah. because
2: it's always i'm always on the computer and then i can just turn around and like do my post its again yeah. i love yeah. that <laughs> it's kind of free i had like a really 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 big miro
3: board which was kind of the same i guess but digital yeah
0: <laughs> i love miro i'm a avid miro user yeah sometimes i do like getting out the physical sticky notes though so i that totally makes sense mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting because it's like I can see why that makes sense as the as the resource you guys would have turned to to do this right because some of the tools like chat mapper for example is one that keeps coming up but there are a lot of other ones are already really geared to complex like narrative production that has a specific like, expectation around its structure you know this this is the thing that happens and you have these choices and each of those choices go to these other things that happens and it's very it's it, the overall structure is branching but you can follow a linear path and it it's our it's all built that way but you guys didn't know what you didn't know when you started building it so it makes sense that like okay this is the idea that we want to have and how it should take shape and i'm just going to use the tools that are available at my fingertips like a sticky note post-it note or a or a miro to get those ideas out um and that totally makes sense to me <music> steven do you have a shirt to wear
1: uh- Yes, I have a few shirts. I mean, Stephen, next time, you know, we, we don't have a sign or anything, but it is shirt required here in the clubhouse, so.
4: Oh, okay, okay. All right, my bad, my bad, okay. my bad. <laughs> yeah. I did buy, you know, a Nice Games Club shirt. Probably should have brought that here in, for the clubhouse. That would have made sense. Cause... Nice Games Club shirt. Tell us all about that, Stephen. They're nice and comfortable. They got the, the insignia on it. It's really cool. Um, they're great as a gift.
5: Insignia,
4: I, all right. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it sound extra fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, like yeah. that? <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, the
1: greatest gifts. I actually got my mom um, an ice cream scoop shirt.
4: That's a really good she gift. Loved it. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, yeah.
1: really I don't know if we've pitched that before, but that is a really good idea to to buy it for someone else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Was it? was it as soft as we've all talked about it being it is quite soft definitely lives up to the soft type
4: yeah yeah I, I put it on i'm like dang this is a soft shirt it's a soft shirt if you think of that when i'm wearing it it's pretty good
0: so good
1: when you're
4: thinking about it that's when you know for sure right yeah nice yeah
1: and if you're thinking about it now you should go to nicegamesclub slash shirt and you can buy it this very moment yes
0: as a gift or for yourself
3: i remember what i was going to say um in the beginning uh, what we tried to do actually was first you just had vague like okay we we have this mood and we want to go from that mood to to this mood and Mm -hmm. then this mood and then at the very end it should be like this mood so how do we get from that and then we just Made it into smaller bits as we went on.
0: Oh, that's great! That's so cool. I love, I love it when like stories of <laughs> design start with the emotional art. Yes, yeah, and yeah. it's yeah.
1: Well, also you, it, you had no other choice, right? Because you weren't always by design. You weren't always in control of the exact thing that was happening, and so yeah. that kind of, that, I, I bet that pushed you into something that was a much more like Ellen is describing, sort of a more perfect uh, way to do it.
5: <laughs> well,
0: yeah. I think it's perfect. <laughs> if people can disagree, but yeah. I'm probably not going to change my mind.
1: <laughs> so, um, we Ellen started asking about tools, um, for planning a narrative, but um, I, well, I want to hear about the the uh, the chatbot APIs and SDKs that you were using, and 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 the the language the game is in, and all of that stuff. Tell nerd. us, nerd. Like, get... <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, because I think
1: listen, there's there's two parts to this that are yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. There's there's the conceptual. Uh, design side, and then there's the really just literally, what do I need to make something? Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, you know, I think people do want to know like mm-hmm. what what were the things you used, and how much of it is based on configuring off-the-shelf utilities, and how much of it is really you just got to tear it apart and rebuild it yourselves. You know, because yeah. the design challenge yeah. doesn't get any easier regardless of how you build it. True. It's uh, <laughs> but the engineering challenge is is a whole other story, right? Right.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so what we use is, it's called bot press. It's open source. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, some conversational AI or, or chat bots, like chat bots are more rule based generally. Um, and well, AIs are AI based and, BotPress uh, bot press sort of has a, uh, has both in it. So you can be totally rule based where it's like, okay, if this, then that, and then even like multiple choice, type kind of stuff, or you can uh, utilize the the AI part of it, which, again, is like with those intent clusters, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Was it useful to have those uh, rule-based systems to fall back on, or did you you stick only with the more intent-based part of that?
3: Uh, no, we actually use the rule-based part for things like, um, setting certain thresholds up or down and then only allowing a, conversa- a a part of the game to go into a, this, this, the next node, um, if that threshold is reached.
1: Okay. Or right. not. Interesting. So you, you got to, you had almost like a little valve to like mm. in, in, yeah. open up the complexity you know, or or tighten it back down depending on the specific needs of the project.
0: Hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's cool. Like a, yeah, like a, like a valve. <laughs> That's what that does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a valve.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and apart apart from that, I mean, we didn't have to um, take it apart that much and mm-hmm. put it together again. To be fair, I think the documentation of Bot <laughs> at this point is a lot is better back when i used it it was kind of horrible not to <laughs> step on anyone's toes but yeah, there wasn't I think
1: much I, it is open source i
2: think i heard it like once a month that oh my god the documentation of this is just <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: yeah uh, that's a lesson if you're looking to contribute to open source and the a good first place is to use the tool and then contribute to documentation. Yeah. Like if you don't feel like you have the the chops to like, ed, you know, work on a big project, like you do, definitely can because a lot of open source projects need good documentation. And it's usually not the first thing people make when they put these things together.
0: Yeah. And by the time that you're done doing, you know, building the tool, you're like, I don't, I don't have the energy to do this documentation. Yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah it makes sense.
3: Yeah, that, it really, I mean... It took me a long time to figure out how to actually get it to connect to Unity
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, and uh, actually do what I wanted it to do. And then also the whole thing about you know we have to have a dedicated web server for it to run on, like a Linux server. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then we had to set up that, and then that had to connect to Unity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was kind of tough. Um, but BotPress there was cool because BotPress was one of the only, oh well, at the time, I don't know what it's like now, but at the time it was one of the only AI-powered uh, chatbots that didn't require a GPU to run on. Ah, mm. oh, okay. And buying a dedicated server with a GPU is very expensive, yeah. uh, renting one. So we were like... I, I I think there was like a month where I've built up the the chatbot to use to use a different one where it was GPU based mm-hmm. because it was gonna be like faster and stuff and then I looked into servers and I was like, <laughs> Lou, I have to start over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is expensive.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, and that's a very concrete example of how like logistical concerns will affect the all down to the design and narrative of your, of your game. It's when you. Like every little thing, it's like, yeah, you have this great idea, but if you don't have money to throw away, <laughs> you got to build yeah. it some other way. You know?
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yep. That's
1: yeah. interesting. So the 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 um the bot runs, uh, you know, on the client for the player, but it does it when I, if I start a new game, does it learn from all the experiences of previous players because you have this server based system, or is it just that the server yes. is where it runs?
0: Uh,
3: no, it, it is one instance of that bot that oh, every game connects to. So every time, uh, anyone plays, it gets all of that information. Mm, okay. Which, speaking of logistical problems, if we ever get like a very, uh, you know, if we go big and we have a active user base or a lot of people play that once we're going to have some server concerns that we will have yeah. to look into.
1: Well, not just that too. The experience of players will be different, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as the as it learns more, someone playing today has perhaps I'm guessing might have a slightly different experience than someone playing a year from now.
0: Yeah, yeah. To make sure that I understand, um, so there's one. There's basically one. It doesn't spin up a new instance of the bot for every new player. It's all pulling from the same have the same ex- bot experience that it has learned. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. It's one brain. One brain.
1: That's interesting. So, yeah. so teaching the bot is not a mechanic in the game, then. Yeah. Right. Because well,
3: passively, sort of, I yeah. guess.
1: So that's that's part of the sort of meta experience of playing it is knowing that there's the bot there that's that's interpreting your inputs, but it's not. Well, I guess the- Stephen, you wanted to ask about tutorialization, right? Yes, I did. Um, because like all of this stuff seems
4: ridiculously difficult for someone trying to get the player to do things that they want, you want them to do, um, or at least know how to play the game. And I understand that, like, you know, with this machine learning technology, it would it would make, uh, the act of playing the game easier, but not necessarily the actions or understanding what actions the player has. I don't think that would necessarily make it easier, or or I guess did it. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, so I'm curious your thoughts as to like how how did you how did you uh, go about like getting players um, into the game? Like, how did you tutorialize what they need to do?
2: (laughs) I talked a Um, lot. It's your turn. I can do it. (laughs) Um, So, text adventures already kind of do that, and we Mm -hmm. took, like, inspiration from that, right? So, in the old school text adventures, the words that you can use are always in caps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you, like, it's just something that you see like on an, in in an instance, right. Also just for like skimmability of the text. If there is big text, you can just, okay, I have to read the note here, whatever. (laughs) Um, And I think that works pretty well. A lot of people get that, but also to kind of show what else you can do. We have this little animation in the beginning that like shows you that, I don't know how to explain it. It kind of just shows you where you can write basically. Okay.
4: I and I forget, does the game describe the fact that it's a machine learning there's machine learning technology behind it initially? Like do we do you tell the player that at all?
2: Not in the beginning.
3: (laughs) Not in the beginning, no. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. We definitely mention it. Um, in texts around the game. And I think yeah, it yeah. also says it in the readme, not specifically, but it just says that you can have that you have a lot of freedom with the words that you can use. We sort of right. do it like that, sort yeah. of vague.
4: Yeah, 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 I guess I was wondering, like, I was wondering if that would color players' expectations of the game. Like, I imagine if I didn't know that I doesn't exist, was a text, was, it used machine learning to understand what I was typing and, you know, give me... uh Give me feedback back. Um, I would maybe approach it like I would any other text adventure and try to be very specific in how I type um, the mm-hmm. actions I want to do. Potentially, I guess. Um, I don't know if you if you found when people approach the game, if they um, don't know that it's a machine learning game, do they approach it differently um, versus like them understanding that it's a machine learning game and then they just type random words and expect <laughs> results. <laughs>
2: The thing is with our game, in the beginning, you have this super classic text adventure and you kind of just do the tutorialization like that, I Mm -hmm. guess, that you see, oh, I have to type in words. That's like the basic mechanic. Mm -hmm. And then once it kind of um, shows the visuals and stuff, you're already like very free in what you type. Like we don't tell the player to walk somewhere. We never do that. Okay. But no one ever had a problem with that. Like because you can say go to a walk, whatever. Um that's kind of the thing with the chapel, right? That's that makes it easier. It's terrorization yeah. almost.
1: So the player might have an expectation that, that all of their responses may be hard coded. They may be eventually I mean, if you've never played a text adventure anymore, you might just think, oh, computers are great these days. Yeah. But if you are familiar <laughs> with the genre, you might slowly dawn on you, why is it not rejecting all of my
2: responses? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And so it, so th- it is interesting, because I, I think uh, from a narrative and design perspective, like how much meta do you want to be in the game versus how much do you, is this really mostly an affordance for players mm-hmm. that can free the narrative to be more... Um, it is interesting that you really could go either in really either direction on that and without spoilers you used to describe the game later on really opening up even more is that something where the player has to understand that like oh I'm not being given guidance any longer and and that and and how important it is for them to realize it, and when should they realize that
3: there is a very specific moment where they might realize that or at least start to think about it mm-hmm. because it we our game is very metatextual and it does try to make you think about what you're doing right now and how you're interacting with it and why you're interacting with it that way. It never gets to the point where it's like oh this is this is an AI.
1: Right, right.
3: But you could potentially get into a sort of direction with your thoughts <laughs> about the game. Yeah we do really try to, you know, this part of the whole being really holistic with, um, yeah. or or le- really tying everything together in the game that you do also start to th- make, try to make the player think about what's happening and why that's happening and which parts are right, et cetera.
1: And that goes back to Steven's question of like, what do you tell the player? And you yeah. sort of just answered it is like the game just, Tells the player what it is, not what each component of it
4: is. And that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Game doesn't need to know all the specifics, or the player doesn't need to know all the specifics of the game in order to enjoy the game. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's really different. Like having played a little bit of of I does not Exist and having played some text adventures back in the day, I think I started this podcast before we started recording, fortunately, but I did say, gosh, I'm old. Um, So it was a while ago. but it even it, older now. even older. Yeah, thanks Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um it what was i going to say? Ah. <laughs> um, right, so it's like a different it really feels like the layers are different. It's like it has some of the same flavors cuz like the aesthetics and the visuals that you guys put together for i doesn't exist are very like they they're definitely um like nostalgic a little bit for those early text adventures even though it's modernized and you can feel that it's modernized. Um the The input and the actual typing mechanic definitely felt um rooted in those older games, but with the older uh text adventure games you know you're you've got your environmental puzzle that's like informed by the story and then you have the puzzle beneath that which is how do you you know what inputs do you use to interact with that story and changing changing the text input from just like I wrote to here's your list of Tools you have to work with to making it more um, more creative. It's interesting because I don't feel like it actually changes the fact that there are those two layers, but it really makes that bottom layer feel very different. Um, and I, I think it's really cool how that is something that your meta narrative plays with, um, and it, it's going to be. I want to. I want to play it. I want to play the game more. <laughs> <That's> the <interesting laughs> I of the process. I probably had some technical question in there somewhere, but. I just want to play the game more. <laughs> yeah,
4: can you answer that question? Can we nice. play? Can we play the, game, we play more? the game more? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> no, we, we can answer that
0: sort of later. Yeah,
1: yeah. But you're sort of right. There's the when you are playing a, a classic text adventure game um, or like a, a LucasArts Arts or a Scrum style game. Yeah. Um. You you the it's the player has to under they have to learn the language of it right right yep. and that is that is a strength of those games in some ways but also is uh, a big hill to climb for others. And it constrains the narrative and the design and all of that. So that just really goes back to the very first thing we were talking about with the game is just how much that it frees it up by not requiring the player to know any of that stuff. Um, and it also frees the two of you to design, you know, uh, scenes and puzzles and sort of, and narrative uh, arcs that don't rely on, on knowing that language but also does doesn't punish anybody for knowing it mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of times when games they approach they have that there like, is this a game that is going to require you to know how this genre works or is this a game that's going to be approachable and and doesn't and i think that a lot of times you it's an either or proposition yeah but it seems like you have sort of have the opportunity to say uh, you know uh both right yeah yeah i like that framing of it too and I mean, that's the results, but it, was that a goal?
3: I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's just something that happens when, yeah. when with what we did. <laughs> yes. I think, and it's just the the access the accessibility for us was just really important for for people who really don't know anything about it, but
2: also mm-hmm. that it feels nostalgic and fun for people who do know them. Right? Yeah. A fun thing is also I never played text adventures when I was younger. The shower still makes me so nostalgic in a way. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think we talked about that in our thesis, that it's like, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from, but some things just make us nostalgic, even though they're not nostalgic to us personally. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. There's the world that was rather than the child you were, right? It doesn't have to be your personal experience to still have that. Right?
3: Yeah. 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 That's a very good way of saying it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I mean, really, it shows how much the the world—the world—impacts us, right? More than just what's in what we remember, what was really close to us. There's, there's a lot, or rather, you remember more than you think you do.
4: Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of emotions and feelings tied up to growing up that uh, you, you, I guess, are brought back to, uh, depending on what what things you're experiencing now. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I am curious. Um how this technology machine learning can be used in uh other in other genres uh, and if you're like thinking about experimenting with that in the future as well um my immediate thought is fighting games but I, and i can't come up i can't come up with a good way of making yeah. a machine learning and fighting games work other than the ai gets better.
1: i mean honestly there's a language there too right yeah Um, and it, it wouldn't be that the, it would change a lot of what people like about a fighting game, yeah right? Because the whole thing is it's, it's about affordances. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's about adapting to who the player is rather than forcing the player to change. Yes. And, and that's a, that's a, that's a conversation people have about games of all kinds. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what's, what's the difference between accessibility and difficulty? Right. Right. And so, um, I think, but anything can be boiled down to a language, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that can use a similar kind of, t- I mean, maybe not the exact same tool, but the similar conceptual. <gasps> right? Oh, he had an idea, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. hear me out, y'all. And let me know if you want
4: to partner with me on this. Uh <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah. I've always had this idea for a fighting game where you don't actually fight, you just like argue and debate. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe like when you press the button and it's the... Uh, Insult your opponent button or whatever. It it the machine like use it uses machine learning technology to give you an insult. <laughs> at your yeah. opponent. <laughs> you, have to, you have to have
0: a speech. insult generator. Yeah,
4: insult generator. Yeah,
0: <laughs> a swear filter for when steven plays. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there has been some uh, viral things in the past of like chat box talking to each other.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, and
1: that they have mm-hmm. they they sort of influence each other without. User input. Yeah. But then so the input becomes more randomized in a sense and more um emergent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um it, that could work. That could it make could. sense. <gasps> mm. Right? Okay. Like imagine playing a, a game where you you tell a character to say a type of thing yeah. in a certain context, yeah. but you don't tell them what to say. Which yeah. is kind of what narrative designers kind of they do like that mm-hmm. in a lot in traditional mm-hmm. chat systems, mm-hmm. is for players to just provide intent, right? Yeah. Imagine that, but then you you shape that character by sort of the random happenstance of your inputs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of potential to this.
4: We'll be in touch. Uh.
3: That, that is something that I think that, that is something where I think it could really be cool because I'm I love narrative games. So yeah. my immediate thought is like, what else could you do with this AI mm-hmm. in narrative games? And yeah. I feel like there is... As you just said, like, there's a very big potential for making these RPGs or whatever be way more immersive in that way and, yeah. and different and just be not just, you know, you don't just have, uh, what's it called in, 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 uh, Mass Effect Renegade and, and the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Paragon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah paragon right you don't just have like black and white you could have a whole spectrum mm-hmm. of characteristics right. that your character has i feel like that could be doable mm-hmm. with something like yeah.
4: that oh that's interesting to have machine learning use you create a personality for a player mm-hmm. as they're like as they're playing through a game
1: i mean it's the old back of the box bullet point your choices matter yeah like that's that's always been a lie mm-hmm. um it's it's <laughs> that they feel like they matter right yeah and that's been true mm-hmm um but it seems like this could be another way to unlock that but it man the workflow changes it would require like for on a triple a scale for like for for a writer to be able to let go but also to have to keep track so they can guide the feeling yes i mean this it's a i mean really it's the challenges that the two of you faced on this Mm -hmm. um it's the scale of your game already sounds enormous (laughs) <laughs> I mean, anything like what else can you do just seems like orders of magnitude more difficult um,
3: let's ship this yeah mirror. yeah 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 maybe maybe finish that. <laughs> yeah. but, i mean the amount of the amount of stuff you have to read is just exponential after that it's yeah. insane
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, well, I think that's a, a particular challenge with the type of machining that, machine learning that you guys are using, right? Because we've talked about, we tossed around different terms at the beginning of that show before we started recording, but I think natural language processing is the right term. But like there yeah. have been games that that aren't so driven, like where there has been machine learning in there that hasn't really been driven by the use of language. Like Shadows of Mortar comes to mind. And I don't know if they had a really robust system, but there was some... There was some machine the, learning happening behind the scenes with the, the Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did but they th- use
1: machine learning?
0: I thought they did. I can look it up.
1: Well, this is where you start to come up with what the definition of machine learning is, right? Yeah. And like, what, what <laughs> you know, you have enough ifs and elses. Like, yeah. when is it machine learning and, <laughs> and when is it just programming? <laughs> you know?
4: Right, right, right.
1: Um, oh, maybe it's not, it's not, it, the distinction maybe doesn't matter at a certain point. And that's, you know, that brings up a point about this is like, it's such an interesting tool. You can build a game around it, as the two of you have, but you could also, hopefully, with enough widespread access to this kind of stuff and enough examples to be inspired by, you can just put a little bit of it in your game. Why not? You know, I think, that, I think that's, that'll be the ultimate challenge. Is I think there'll be a lot of games that really leverage it fully and make it a core part of their experience. But I think once game developers, in general, know that they can use it as a tool and don't have, and don't have to use it as their biggest tool, I think that that will lead to the lar- to the the widest adoption of that of it, and and it'll unlock a lot of creativity. Yeah, um, and I think that's the thing that what I what I love hearing about when we have guests on talk about the games and the things they're working on because it's always more than just about that thing. Right.
2: You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you guys think you'd make a a sequel with a, with more machine learning, or is it too e- too early to tell?
3: Hmm. I mean, as as you just said. Maybe a little bit of it somewhere. Yeah, doesn't I mean, need to be the think, core
2: part of it. But. We didn't think about it yet,
3: but
1: you're busy right now. I understand.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's certainly useful. <laughs> it's also pretty damn annoying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after vacation. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, speaking of like after we, I mean, you guys are working towards a Kickstarter. Is that right? Yes. 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 Yeah, we are. Tell us more. A little bit more about that. Um
2: so yeah, we're starting at Kickstarter. <laughs> um we don't have a definitive date yet when it's gonna start. Uh we have a coming soon page up uh where you can follow. Um yeah, what else is there to say? Uh we got some funding already through Swiss government, so we're only looking for kind of the last push mm-hmm. on Kickstarter. Yeah.
1: When you when you try to crowdfund a project, it's like the, the risk is like, well, is it really gonna work? So having some funding and and being able to know that yeah. this is the, the 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 extra we need. Mm-hmm. I think that will help convince a lot of people uh more than just this is the cool concept I want to see in the world. Yeah. The
0: bill from scratch.
1: And as yeah. Americans yeah. sitting here in America just hearing government funding we're like oh, oh if God. only <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> We're so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
3: It's ours is better than nothing I guess but our government still also still uh doesn't realize how much it actually yeah. takes to make a game. Yeah. The the, the like, funds you get for game design are uh, kind of
2: laughable. Oh, okay. Again, better I than mean, nothing. Oh, yeah. People, yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah. two people, so it's enough. But if yeah. you're like a full team, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's on the tough. other hand. On the other hand they also do like events right mm-hmm. like they yeah. Yeah. you can apply for events and they will invite you there so
0: oh, okay. that's I mean, how you well. we go we to GDC will, yeah. Yeah, exactly oh, yeah, yeah. It's very cool yeah. so they help you with exposure that's good yeah it's not just yeah fun. they do they do yeah yeah cool.
3: they're, they're really cool i mean it's not their fault how much money they get yeah, from the government yeah. <laughs> but they are very
0: cool <laughs> also the the showcase had amazing snacks i just want to say i don't know if that was i don't know if that was the swiss government i don't know if that was swiss games but but they were great snacks. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I do want to mention that the Kickstarter will have amazing mushroom-themed t- rewards. Yes. Just in case pins. anyone's into Stickers. that. Stickers. <laughs> Stickers,
0: pins,
4: stuff. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Okay, oh, so- uh,
0: They're Ellen, limited. are
4: on there now, right? Funding it. You're signing yep, up.
0: Yep. Okay. Ne- I need more mushroom. yeah more- <laughs> Very good. I, I'm the most delighted I've been with a game since I found an explosion. You know, like,
1: that's saying a lot. Yeah. If there's no explosions and Ellen is still into it, you know you've got it. To- yeah.
0: yeah. 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 So cute. nice. <laughs> so
1: cute. <laughs> well, we'll, put a, we'll put a link to the Kickstarter coming soon in the show notes. Um, where else can Thank people you. find you on the internet far and wide?
3: Uh, we have a Twitter. <laughs> Which yeah. is luel underscore Games. We also have the Alpha on
2: Itch, mm-hmm. which, oh, yeah. which is <laughs> downloadable, <laughs> downloadable for free.
1: Oh yeah! So that's the headline. Yeah. You actually can play a, a taste of the game right now, and yes. I think, like, yes. the impressions that we've all had, like listeners should already be have this in their head. But if they haven't yet, I'm telling you now, go give it a try.
4: Pull, pull over, <laughs> <laughs> real quick. Get your phone. <laughs> out after you've pulled over obviously and then download the yeah yeah <laughs> <Download> the <game. laughs>
1: they don't need a step-by-step Stephen. but yes
3: <laughs> oh we'll be at the um arctic games oh, yeah. week actually in Ooh, case oh. any of your listeners are gonna be in sweden
0: <laughs> maybe
1: well we do have listeners all over the world yeah. i'm sure there are a few who could make the trek or are nearby
0: if you're in sweden a, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> B, let us know how it goes. That's our show. For show notes and links for today's topics, go to our website, nicegames.club. Visit us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and a double-length charity album. Oh, I wrote a song for that. You, yeah. You did? Yeah. <laughs> More in the tweet. Go to Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about we just said that and also mark does stuff too um we like hearing from you so tweet back or email us contact at nice nice games club is on patreon you can support the show and get stuff sign up at patreon.com slash nice games and if you want to keep things more casual stop by nicegamesclub slash discord and say hello next week we'll be looking at art direction and gameplay loops but that's it for this week so until we start again remember to play nice and make nice
3: Yeah, in, in the beginning we like oh shit sorry I need to plug in my laptop oh shit oh, okay <laughs> oh, <no.
1: laughs> stop the show stop the show
0: <laughs> oh man